Hello, friends. Welcome to today's podcast. It is sponsored by Dante Zampetti, loan officer with Movement Mortgage, specializing in helping veterans use the benefits they have earned. Know a veteran who has questions on the VA home loan benefits? Dante can help. Call him at 937-522-5419 to learn more. Dante Zampetti, NMLS number 1452256. Movement, Mor- Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity. NMLS ID 39179 www. You know, Ben, eventually one of these times I will get that perfectly smooth and correct. You're going to get it right. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I'm not worried about it. It's just a sponsor, whatever the message gets across. Who cares? We don't worry about appeasing the sponsors, right? right. There's more to come. Yeah. And you know, what? in this episode, we're, we're free balling. And I think free balling. No. Oh, I got a good guess for next episode. I think you'll like, but, um, on this one, we're just going to go over a little bit about Zillow, just the current market and what's going on with our businesses. Oh, Mr. Ben Bolton, what's Tr- up? Trenton. Hey, you know, you know, my cell phone. I have you as Ben Knowlton. Knowlton. Why? With an N instead of a B. Uh, it just typed in and saved that. So when I say call Ben Bolton, not to say Knowlton, I just it's one of those quirky things I've just left there. Your name in my phone is Trent Barga. Yeah. Pronounced Bargy though. Get it right. Fair enough. Get it right. Get it tight. You how's, called me on my bluff. I did. How's <laughs> every, how's everything going, Ben? It's going. I'm yeah. a father. Oh, yeah, shit. We had life stuff happen. We I never know. talked about it. I am a dad. Ben is a dad. Yes. Hide your kids. Hide your wives. He's got a girl. I got a baby girl. Healthy baby girl. 11 days old. Are you letting anyone see her right now? Not really. Just family. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, COVID stuff. I'm not right? going to take her to the office. Yeah, you can't show her off. She's super advanced, though. <laughs> it's crazy. She's five days out of the womb and she's advanced. I mean, she... We've got college recruits talking oh, to us nice. already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was actually crazy. Word went out when she was born um, of the sheer specimen that she is. And we were, we were getting, and uh, like WNBA was saying, hey, by the time your daughter graduates from high school, she may, we may be able to forego college. <clears throat> or have you guys considered doing an overseas program? Um, yeah, it's it's actually crazy. We're we're really lucked out. She um she does have a lot of my athletic prowess, so that's pretty good. If anyone could see Ben, no offense to Taylor, you two, you're not the definition of athletic prowess. Athletic it's, prowess, six prowess, two prowess, six prowess. two two ten, five percent <laughs> body fat. You're more like two six and two ten. But anyway, yeah, Ben had his daughter, which is awesome. Healthy, good. That's all that really matters. Best thing in the world. Dude, it's so weird. We're going to have our kid in September. Yeah. And I'm like, I Amy brought this up. Luke's not going to be able to come to the hospital. for like He's not going to see us for three days, and we're going to come home oh with like a kid. Oh, my gosh, he is. But we we're, we talked about it. He may be it's able to. It's probably better. It's probably better that he doesn't come see us and the baby and then has to leave than you know, not seeing us at all. I, I will say that. Or vice versa, yeah. We were talking about it because Taylor, the second day, um, the, the day Taylor was a C-section, so we spent a few days in the hospital. Yeah. 
And the second day, Taylor, I mean, was exhausted because she's, you know, she's breastfeeding and I don't think I'm sharing too much, but she was breastfeeding. So she was exhausted. <laughs> she had just had a major surgery because that's what a C-section yeah. is. It's a major surgery. I told and, you the detail. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had, a, I had another friend, I texted him. I said, advice on, uh, for the guy during a C-section, his wife had just had a C-section. Uh. And he just sent me a picture of the C-section. No, he didn't. <laughs> that was his advice. Uh, was it like gutting a deer? Like I told you. It really wasn't as bad. Guts I tried to, to stay behind the curtain, but once I heard her crying, I was like, oh, oh no, you had to look. I had to look, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. my daughter. I got to see her. I can't yeah. like wait. Like I don't care how gross it is, but it really wasn't as bad. That's good. But that's so we're good. sitting in the hospital and like I said, Taylor's exhausted. The baby's crying. And we were just talking like. If COVID wasn't a thing, we counted, we'd probably have 15 to 17 people trying to come over those next, those two days. And that would be a nightmare. No. no. So I was, I figured you'd say that, but it's nice because one, it's a distraction because I remember we're, we're in hospital for like three. It doesn't seem that bad, but it's, it's kind of a long time. No, we just had normal, yeah. but it was like two to three days. I mean, because you're there, you don't go home. It's just. Yeah. I, I'm a routine guy, so when I'm out of my routine, it messes me up. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of nice. Parents come in, they could hold the daughter for, or your kid or boy for a while, and then you could kind of just take a break. But we talked about like the nurses that night are probably the worst thing. Yeah, like, you and I talked every about it. Half hour. Yeah, we, you and I had talked about it. I called Trent probably the day after I had left to like go get smelling salts because I was just the nurses, Logan, our daughter, slept pretty good. Mm-hmm. But every thirty minute, another every thirty minutes, another nurse was walking through, and then at six a.m., all the uh, what are they? What are the doctors um, that are in school? The residents. Oh, you had residents in yours. I, we had uh. we had three residents show up at six, six fifteen, and six thirty, and they all did the same thing. I'll tell them, get the fuck nurse, out of here, nurse. I am not your I'm not your classroom. <laughs> here's the here's the best part. All of the three residents came in. They all checked Taylor. They fixed up some bandages. And then 30 minutes later, a nurse came in and fixed what they did. Sounds about right. It was that the nurses were the worst part, but it happens. So here's a question. Yeah. Have we announced that you're having a daughter on the podcast? Cause we, we haven't, have we just did. Yeah. So One of those two. Yeah. Does everybody know, or is that not public? That's public knowledge for the most part. So we don't need to edit this out. No. Okay. Yeah. I don't edit anyways. So your, <laughs> so your daughter obviously is born in September. Yes. My daughter was born in July. Yeah. They'll be same age, same school. They'll have to hang out. What no. if, yeah. Germantown. Well, not maybe not the same school, but I'm saying yeah. they'll be the same grade. Right. We work at the same, where I would consider us friends. What if they're I guess not? I have to. What if they're not friends? What if they hate each other? Do we have to hate each other? No, you just do what parents did back in the day and you force your kids to hang out with people they didn't like and they get over it. Yeah. That's what's wrong with the day. So everyone gets to hang out with people they only like, and that's where we're at. Or they pretend to like. Yeah, that's true. In high school, oh, maybe I shouldn't say too much. <laughs> no one in high school is listening to this. I don't know if I really liked a whole lot of people I hung out with in high school. I said I was like just a floater. I, I, I was okay with everyone. I didn't really hate anyone. I didn't really necessarily like was best friends with a ton of people. I just like kind of floated around. That's kind of where I was at. I, I, uh, I don't think at our wedding there were 150 people there, and the only people from high school were Taylor's friends. So was hey, that, man, made, that, that made, I think that makes me, I think I was a loser. No, I think you just grow out. I only had like one or two good friends after high school, college. Yeah. I mean, I got, a lot of, I got a lot of college friends, but, but yeah, I need to start happens. counting friends. I think I might just be, I think I might just, dude. when cool. you get older, you just realize the less friends, the better, less, like the less friends you have, you end up with better friends. It's just better and easier that way. 
You're not because when you have kids, you can't run around and go hang out with every group of friends. It's just kind of like yeah, pick and choose. You gotta make them right. I, I would I mean, agree. You lose friends. Here's a. Uh, we, I we've definitely lost friends since having since Taylor got pregnant alone. Yeah. It's crazy. But here's a question that will bring us up to a, a topic that matters: the um, who you you are the sum of the five people you hang out with. Oh yeah. How accurate do you think that is? Yeah, I, I listen to this stuff all the time. I read stuff. It's completely accurate. I think it your is goals too. and your life ambitions are all surrounded by who you hang out with. Absolutely. I mean, good and bad, successful people, just because someone looks successful doesn't mean they are. I mean, you actually got to dive deep to what people are doing. Like having fancy cars, nice clothes doesn't mean you're doesn't successful. Mean I mean, it It usually, yeah, I think back in the day, your parents, our parents used to think, because at the time that was, you had money to buy it. Nowadays, people can buy stuff they can't afford. They can buy anything. Or they can leverage out their house to the max and drive all the fancy cars and send their kids to do all this cool stuff. But at the end of the day, they don't have equity. They can pull out a hundred thousand dollars in equity on their house. Yeah. That's just, it's all at the end of the day. It's about net worth. You're, you're, you're refinancing your house. I forget who it was. It was one of, you know, the Tom Ferry's um, was saying, you don't refinance your house to fund your lifestyle, but that's what everybody's doing. You know, you refinance to get a lower payment. Um, to take, if you refinance, if you're paying $1,200 a month, you can refinance to $900. Tom Ferry and his, you know, what are you doing podcast, that $300? You should be paying your, you should be paying your principal down principal or use that to go buy an investment property. Or, yeah. Or, or you should that be using you that. 900 a month. But if you're cash out refinancing because you want to go on vacation or buy a fancy car, and well, that definitely happened back in 08. It still happens right now. Not as bad. The stats now will show you that most people keep equity in their home. Back in the 08 area, they were leveraging out all their equity to go buy boats, to go buy whatever, extra cars. Now, a lot of people have learned from I'm not saying people aren't doing it. For sure, yes. I'm sure there's a ton of people that are. But majority of people aren't. And that's why they're, the housing market isn't like the rest of the stock market fluctuating so much. One, that I mean, there's demand and all the other fun stuff and low interest rates. But a lot of people have equity in their house to where that if they sell... You know, they're not losing, they don't have to pay, they're not foreclosing, bankruptcy, none of that. So it is different. People have and will always do that because they just think it's free money. And then when they go around to sell it, they're like, well, I need to make this much. Where's all my money at? And they want top dollar and it's just not possible. Right now, people have more money in equity in their house, statistically, and sure. more money in their savings. <laughs> yeah, we so, just talked so about average, this before we got off. Yeah, the average savings was $500. So what, they have five fifty. Is that the now? average savings? Yeah, they say most people can't afford more than a $500 emergency expense. Wow. Not, I, how, I have a hard time believing that. How skewed do you that. think that is? I, don't, I mean, if you're pulling, I mean... I'm very critical of five hundred dollars. That's what they said. We have a friend. That's why people were freaking out when they went furloughed for a month or two, and they're like, "I can't pay rent. I can't pay bills." Like, you should pay. We talked about this before, where people would pay their car payment or their house payment. So you got people who won't pay rent or can't pay rent because of COVID, or some people did, but some people didn't. So I, I, I mean, I don't know. It all depends on who they pulled, and I get real analytical when I look at those those reports. Like, okay, how many people they pull? Hundred, and they say like six two people had five hundred dollars and the rest were all over like i don't know that's a whole nother conversation yeah that, I, I, I get into this anytime someone throws a report out at me or a stat that's just like when trump won everyone said hillary's winning and she canceled her firework at nine o'clock because they they were just interviewing people that they uh they wanted to see their way and same with the presidency way back on whoever it was like the 1900s they thought it was going to be a land. They thought the one guy was going to win. Oh, when there was up, a third party that ran? And no, no. They just pulled 
um, everyone who had telephones. They called everybody, and only rich people had telephones. Oh. So they thought this person was going to win, but I don't think it was who you're... I don't know who it was, but he won. The other guy won by a landslide because they didn't pull the poor, the middle class people. They only pulled the rich people because they're the only ones that had telephones. had telephones at the time. So, same thing. I, I'm very skeptical of those reports because you can make those, like any scientific study or any data, you can make it look however you want. If you're a real estate agent who's new in the business, here's a quick tip uh, ride your broker's wave. Because you can make right. yourself yes. statistically look like the number one agent in the area. Last month, our brokerage average days on market was like 19 days. Yes. And everyone else's was like 34. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> We're I, selling $11,000 more than every uh, you can, house on the You can skew everything into yeah. your favor. I mean, that there's... It, it's a whole sales. I mean, it is. If it you're is. new, you got to be really good at sales to talk around stuff and not actually answer questions. You, you, I, I think in, when you're new, you have to be more scripted than ever before. Dude, and, and I'm not going to lie. I do not like the days on market. I not, hate the days on market. Not, not because um, the market's hot and, and things are selling fast, but you know, maybe you have a seller who held out on this hard price. You could argue the opposite. Yeah, it took me over 90 days to sell his house but I got $20,000 over what was going on in the market. Yep. So what do you want? I mean, you can't get both sometimes, but sometimes you can't. Yeah, you can say, and sometimes hey, you're selling a dump and uh, it took, I got a house on a contract that's going to close in a, in a couple of weeks. It's been on the market for over a year. They called me to list it, got listed, found the buyer, got our contract, negotiated a very, very rough post-inspection. So I was like, what's better? A house that shows 380 days continuous on market, even though I've only had it for like third or 25 or, or, or what's better would you rather right. you would you rather work with the agent who's got a five days on market at 225 or the agent who's got 30 days on market but can sell your house for 250,000 right I'll wait I'll wait 14 days to make $25,000 yep and my experience with sellers is not so much the stats it's more about who you are I, I think if you can build my experience I, I would agree that um, I think a lot of the you know the really tenured agents um, it's a reputation thing, right? They've already right. won the listing before they've ever gone in. They don't have to, you know, if you're, if you're doing, you know, what the top five in our, our area are doing, the top 25 are doing, they've already won the listing before they ever go out there yep. because they've got that reputation, right? They, you, in this business, you hold on to your reputation and that's the number one thing you can do because right now, when I first got in, I thought it was all stats. So I, my listing presentations were stats showing what we do. And now it is, I go in, I build rapport and I show you what the market does. And that's what we can sell your house for. Right. Cause you can't lie. I mean, cause you can't lie. I mean, I don't take over price listings, but sometimes the seller wants to push it and I'm like, all right, right well, we'll what about right for now? a week or two. What about right now? Are you going to take an overpriced listing? Um, yeah, I take it. I'll take the listing, but I, I tell them, but I tell them ahead of time, like, I got one. I told them they'll sell at this certain price at 175 and they wanted to go. They tried to force it by owner firm for a little bit. And then when I got listed, they went a little higher. I was like, I'm telling you, you're, you're overpriced per square foot and you're pushing it because you haven't updated your bathroom and your kitchen. And sure enough, we've got limited showings on it. And I don't take it. I used to take it personal. Like, oh, why am I, why is it under contract? I should have it. I'm like, hey, like I tell them, I'm your advisor. I'll do whatever I can for you. And I, I constantly hit at them and be like, this is why we're at. And they want to keep pushing it because the other house they bought, they ran into some issues and I told them, I was like, you can't justify trying to sell your house higher to cover costs on your other home you purchased. It doesn't work that way. We have to sell your house for what it is. And they, and they, they came around to it. So we dropped, we got the price dropped. It's still not where I want it, but we'll get it there. I mean, if you're at the listing yeah, appointment, they have them, to sell it. So it's not like I'm wasting my time. If the house is worth, and again, our, when we're in, if you, if we do have any listeners outside of Dayton, Ohio, right. Right. The, our numbers are much lower than 
than some of these other areas on the coast. But you know, if my one seventy five would be your one point seven five. Yeah. So if we're if I'm going to a listing and I know the house is worth one hundred fifty thousand and I know it'll sell at one hundred fifty thousand, and they're telling me we want to try at one seventy five, as long as I tell them, hey, yeah, I think it's going to sell at one fifty. Yep. But if you're if you're I'll list it at one seventy five to see if you're right. But only if you're open to a conversation, if we get limited traffic and no offers to talk about the 150. Yeah. Because at that point, it's not on me. I told you what I thought it would go for. And if it sells for 175, hey, I was wrong. You made more money. They're not mad at me. You know, I'm with you on that because I deal with for sale by owners a lot. Yep. The biggest problem I get, or not problem, but the hurdle I have to overcome with them is they're fine and they act like they have all the time in the world to sell their house. But when they call me to list it, it's like, hey, we need to sell our house now. I was like, you know, John and Jane, if we got an offer today, it's still taking 30 days to close. And I try and emphasize that as much as possible. I'm like, I'll do whatever I can. But when you come to me last minute and want to sell it fast and get our contract, but you're not really willing to come down to the price that it needs to be at. And I had that conversation. I was like, this is where it needs to be at. Well, we still want to try this. I'm like, okay, but you said you want to sell this fast because you purchased this other home and you're trying to pay off the bridge loan. I'm like, pick one. Yeah. You're not, you're not negotiating one. You're, you don't have time to mess around. We're not negotiating. You're negotiating with the buyer, not me as right. your agent. Right. So I need to know what the number one thing is. If the number one thing is to get out of it quick, I'll show you a get out of it quick price. Right. But if you want to make talking money discount price, we're not talking it's just discount a very price. fair market price. is going to generate a lot of interest it, in this market. If your house is priced right, it will sell. I mean, there's, when we talked about a hundred times, if it's priced right. And then, and the price reflects the condition. Like it could be top market if it's a great house. Even even in even in the down markets, even in the buyers markets, if your house is priced right, updated correctly, it'll sell. It'll sell. You might have got the difference is you got to compete with other houses that are yeah. <laughs> dropping the in, ball. In a buyers market, you might not get thirty five offers. You know we're gonna see that buyers market here in a year or two. Yeah, I do this. You know we had a conversation about COVID before. I didn't plan on going here, but. At first, I was like, whatever. Now I'm like, we might be screwed. I mean, when it comes, I said it. I, you know what? I did say, I said around December, I think we're going to see a lot more issues with it. Because you can see California closed down like 30 of their counties, which is like 80% of their population. Restaurants can only serve outside. I worked in a restaurant business. I'm telling you, you can't function off um, just doing delivery or drive through and then outside dining. So let me, it's let not, me, it's not functional that way. Let me spit a theory to you. Right. Yeah, and go I'm, I'm going to workshop this. This isn't well, well this revised conspiracy. It, it's a rough draft. No. So this is what <laughs> I think is happening with the market. And I may have said it before on the pod, but okay, yeah. we've done a lot. When COVID ha- happened, everybody got scared. So there were a lot of sellers who were going to put their home on the market and then decided right. not to. Right. They all yep. decided not to, and they still, for some reason, have not put their home on the market because inventory is at record lows. But there are still the same amount of buyers that there were last year. Last year, we were dealing, if I put a house on the market, I'd maybe get one or two offers. Right now, I'm getting six or seven offers on every listing almost. So all the same amount of buyers are out there, but there's a lot less inventory. So what's going to happen is after the election, everybody's going to put their home on the market. But COVID has done such a number on the economy Mm-hmm. interest rates are going to go back up because they have to after an election. They're going to. We're going to have less buyers, but all those houses that went on the market are going to come on the market. So we're going to have a ton of inventory and less buyers, and overnight it switches to a, to a buyer's market. No. 
I, do you think? I'll have to argue that, man. I kind of like what I said before. I think you said it's going to switch to a buyer's market. How do you think? It I think in a couple of years, I, if it switches to buyer markets, only because these companies start shutting down, and we see a big ass depression or recession to where companies are like, "You're no longer furloughed. You're not working part time. You're fired because we don't have the work for you." And it's going to trickle down because th- I think this might be the worst thing ever because it is affecting everybody. Schools, right? Yeah. I was talking to one of my former clients today. She's a teacher. She's like, they got an option to do in class. You either have to go in class or online. That's it. So she has to develop two different curriculums for that and stay on top of people. And she's like asking the question, what if they go online for nine weeks and then come home? And you got parents who are like, well, shit. What, what? Not that school is supposed to be a daycare, but like, you know, you go to work. School is school. I hate to say I, it. It is. School a little, is a little bit of a daycare. It is. But I'm just saying like, they still have to go to work. So it's like, you know, the cost of things right now, which we have put it on ourselves as a society and just how the economy works in the U S is both people have to work to afford stuff. Very rarely can you have one person stay home. And now that might be the worst idea because that's higher risk. Yep. If one person gets fired, you're very in trouble. I, I you know I, what I mean? I, so I, I, I honestly think it's still going to stay a seller's market interest rates from what they say, from what they say, like we're in unprecedented, like a whole new territory. We talked about that before. Yes. Interest rates are going to stay low all the way through the year. I think, they can't afford to jack up the interest rates because the real estate market's the only thing holding it steady. They can't afford to jack up the interest rates while everything else is crashing and crumbling. No one knows what the hell's going on. Because then I think if, if you start jacking up interest rates, buyers would dry up. The market will still stay kind of steady in volume and sales, I think. But I just don't see this rush of sellers all of a sudden at the election. And we all talk about November's like the worst time to put a house up in the holidays. I'm no not saying that. that they're going to put it on the market in November. I think they're going to put it on the market next March. I think they already have. I think people have put it I on. I do not think. I mean, we'll find out. The volume's down, but the sales, what, the volume's down, but. Pendings are up. Pendings are up, yeah. The, they already listed their house. Well, that's, that's what I'm getting at. They already, they're already selling it. If anything, it's causing problems. I had a seller pull his listing off the market completely because we had over 20 showings the first day, over four offers. Was this the house asking whatever? Yeah. That house was sick. It was a good house. And you got a ton of showings and they freaked out and they just shut down. They, they like, I don't know if I didn't prep them enough, but they completely shut down. Well, actually the backup plan kind of failed, but we're, we're going to have their house listed again. Thank goodness. Cause it's a good time to sell and they're just going to rent, but they were just all over the place. Cause she's working from home. Cause so COVID had a lot to deal with this. She's working from home and she needed to be able to have her computer and have a secure internet access for her job. But guess what? That wouldn't have been a problem if it wasn't for COVID. So I just put that together. That right there's problem. Their backup plan wasn't a very good one. I should actually question a little bit more on it. But nonetheless, I mean, I think it's I think it's still there. It's gonna stay that way for at least a couple of years, maybe, or a year or two. But buyer market will start coming around or it'll start leveling out like it always does. It's a pendulum, right? It goes one way and then it starts going back the other way. How long have we been up for? Right? It's normally like four years and then a down. It's four like years and 10, then a down. So it's been 20, 11, eleven years. years. Uh, your financial advisor told us that yesterday. So we've been up for eleven years right. in a typical four year swing. Right. I'd rather have a constant five to seven years flow than, than go up for 11 years and have a pandemic and crash it. I don't think we're going to crash it. I just think that it's going to have to adjust. I, it, it will. I think it will, but it's going to go more in the it, middle. It will go in the middle. If we keep even, going this but, way, a $175,000 ranch is going to suffer $250,000 <laughs> next year. In three years. I mean, I'm not wrong. But that is when you got three years ago when you got into the business. What does a three bedroom, two bath brick ranch sell for? One sixty, one fifty. Yeah, one fifty. Now they're getting two fifteen all day. Depending on what, yeah. It's so well, what? Because you're dude. Okay, so Centerville, 
landlocked. There's not a ton of new buildings. No, we talked about it before. We're repeating ourselves, but there's no new entry level homes. And there's nowhere to build them either. And no one's building mid like cheap homes. If you find someone that could build, I don't want to say cheap as in bad, but lower price homes, find a way to do it affordably. You're set, but with the price of materials and everything gone through the roof, especially COVID that stopped production, like Lowe's, my one of my investors, he's on he's on hold for six refrigerators, and Lowe's says they're back ordered like three million, yeah. four million dollars worth of appliances because China for like I don't think people understand the economic like this is like a huge like ripple like not like a little butterfly ripple effect. No. This is a huge like. A gorilla jumped in a pond ripple. Effect. When you start, when you start looking, all when you stop looking, when you look at in, it wide. Yes, when you're stop looking micro, look macro. Yeah, and you're like, ah, uh, that's why I think it's going to be a lot bigger issue here, and which we're going to get into next is what we're changing in regards to our marketing and yep. our own businesses, not necessarily COVID related, but like different aspects and different way we took. It's kind of funny being kind of opposite here in the last twenty four hours about what we're doing without knowing yeah. it. Um. But you have to adjust, which we talked about. You have to pivot, or everyone says pivot, pivot, shift, shift. Jesus, if I hear anyone in the market, it's like that's what I hate about today, in this day and age. Like one person says a key word, like pivot. Like Gary Keller's, we have a book called Shift. Yeah, it's been out there for twenty years, and all of a sudden everyone started saying shift, and then they said pivot. Yeah. Right, they're very first people to say pivot. You, now everyone's saying pivot. In if real you state. start, so annoying. It, 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 what it, it's like the Everybody. buzzword. Yeah. Yes, I hate buzzword. I hate it. Like, Just come up with your own thing. In in, uh, in tech sales, it's like real time data. Like that is right there. If you if you drop real time data or real time anything, that is a buzz. That's a buzz. I told you, man. Real estate is like locusts. They see one green field, and everyone jumps on it and yeah. destroys it. R and D rip <laughs> off and duplicate. Oh, I, I I'm a fan of that to a point, to but a point. not when every Joe Schmo doesn't doesn't know what they're doing. But anyways, um, what are you doing? Or what have you changed in your business? In my business, I um, I'm diversifying lead sources. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell the talk listeners about, what talk about means. talk about buzzwords. I am diversifying my lead sources. I have always done active marketing and prospecting, meaning that I have to show up to the office. If I'm I yawning. Just get to it. If I don't show up, nothing gets happened. So, I tried to do passive. And by doing that, I fed the beast and went out and bought a bunch of Zillow leads. Dun, dun, dun. I know. What's your spend on it? It's, I mean, it's a decent spend, but it's nothing hurtful. What is it? I spent $500, nothing major. Okay. You got sponsorships on that? We're spending $500 a month <laughs> on Zillow leads. Okay. Okay. Whatever. We'll leave it at that. So, so it's probably more than that, but okay. And what we're doing, the reason we're doing, I'm not dogging you on that. No, no. I, I, every we'll agent, get to that. Every agent has done it. Um, I don't think that it's sustainable, but the reason I did it is we're bringing two people, we're bringing agents on. Um, I can I can generate enough leads for myself and some leads for our buyers agents. Um, but I had a conversation with our team leader who said, you know, you need to be providing 80% of the leads to your buyer's agents. So at that point I said, yep. okay, how can I get 80, how can I get them 80% leads quickly? Right. So in the meantime, yeah, we're going to feed Zillow so I can get those leads so I can guarantee those people are there while we're working on some long-term plays, which yeah. would be, you know, farming, um, more, uh, more, more circle prospecting. Cause we're right now in a zip code that I don't personally 
love. It's a, it's a you know, 30 minute drive, but again, I needed a quick fix and that's what Zillow provided. So when you say farming, where in circle prospecting, where are you doing that at? How are you doing it? So in our, the, the area that we're farming is the area that I live in. Um, I'm not going, can I share that? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're, we're circle prospecting and farming Centerville, Ohio. The reason I do that is because I've got leverage there. I know a lot of people that were, are from there. I've yeah. sold a lot of houses there. So what we do is we're going to be calling around those houses that we sold. Hey, uh, I don't know if you see, saw 123 Main Street sold for 295000 That's a record in the neighborhood. It says here that you bought your house for 200000 in, 2000 in uh, 2010. Would you be interested in seeing how we can sell your house for 350000 I like that. Hey, uh, That's good. I saw, we just sold a neighbor's house. At what price would you sell your house for? Is it a, and they say, well, we're not interested. Well, if I give you a million dollars, well, yeah, we'd sell our house for a million dollars. Okay, so let's work back from there. At what price would you sell your house for? Because right. everybody's got a number. Right. Find that number. And somebody, um, an, an agent with Keller Williams had a script that was incredible that she just posted. At, and it was really? just like, at what, she just posted out to her Instagram that was just, at what price would you sell your house? Because a lot of people don't know. Right. A lot of people, a lot of people look and be like, well, yeah, I'd sell my house for 250,000. Well, guess what? We can maybe sell your house for 265,000. Right. So if you, it's, it's sparking that dreaming in people's mind. Okay. Well, if we sold your house for 200, if you bought your house for 150, I sold it for 250. You now have a hundred thousand dollars equity. What would you buy? Well, I'd buy a $400,000 house. Well, let me show you how we can make that possible. And then if you get in that conversation, you can be like, great. And I'm sure you're concerned about finding a house to move into, right? Yep. You're like, yeah. Well, lucky for you, $400,000 market's slower than your your entry-level type home or exactly. 200, which is around 200. Which is true. Ago. So we should be able to find you a house and that's not a problem. Yeah. That's what, that, when you're saying a script, I was like, great. What are you going to do when they say, well, it's tough to find a house and find them. Because I mean, dude, right now, if you're selling a house and you got to move to that house. But guess what? If somebody's, oh, if somebody's offering you, if somebody's I, offering I you know. your dream price for your house, you'll right. find something. Yeah. But again, you got to find people's, but I love it. I mean, I'm trying to work that myself, getting leverage myself, but and then make those but, phone but, calls. That's a lot of phone calls. It is a lot of phone calls, but then people well, say that there's the script, a, a lot of rejections we're getting. Well, it's not a good time to buy, like you just said. Right. But it's a really good time to sell. I, it, I'm not arguing. You're you're never, I, I like it. I'm you're working never, on that myself. You're never yeah. going to be able to, we tell everybody, you're never going to be able to time the market perfectly. Right. Because by the time you wait for it, guess what? It shifted. Now it's a really yeah. bad time to sell. Make sure you talk to them about how the interest rates are so low that by next year, if you buy and they go up 1%, you're losing 10% buying power yeah. and you're paying more money. And that $400,000 yeah. house you just went is a $300,000 house. And now you only got a 50% up, $50,000 upgrade. Right. Or you, and you tell them how much more they're paying over the long run. So not only did you lose less purchase power, you're paying 1% more over probably 30 years because the $400,000 yeah. house are going to be in for at least 15 years probably. You, you work those numbers backwards. Like, okay, not only am I going to save you $120,000 of interest payments, I'm also going to while you buy a higher price home for a cheaper payment and save you all that money and sell your house for more. So yeah. all together to $200,000 swing. Would that be okay with you? Yeah. <laughs> Why would if that? Someone not? told me that. It, so it, it, buy. The insurance companies, their whole advertisement is, Hey, let me talk to you how I can save you money. Right. That's what intro. That's what Geico and all those companies are running. So why are real estate agents not, Hey, let me show you how I can it's save you money. Same script car dealerships use when you bring your car in. Like, Hey, I saw you got a 2018. That's awesome. What if we get you in a 2020 for the same, same payment? price, same payment, not yeah. price, same payment, same payment. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Okay. Like I, I plan on 
keeping the truck for the next five years. So if I'm gonna make payments on a truck, why not get a newer one? Exactly. Dude, they do that. Well, I shouldn't say they do it all the time. We try to hey, tell people we to just, do that. We had somebody, and it's the same script that a real estate agent right. uses now that I'm saying it out loud. Hey, we have somebody who's interested in your, is looking for the exact car that you have. We were going through our notes. Hey, we've got somebody who's interested in the exact house that you have. Right. And, and it's not a lie at this point, right? Like I can. No, you have somebody probably somewhere that wants it. Yeah. I, I tell people find, I got 1,500 people in command. I have 1,500 people. Yeah. And my best friends and know that all their kids' names? No. But if I call them and shoot them an email and be like, Hey, I got someone who wants to sell a house like this. You clicked on my Facebook ad a while ago about this property. I know you're just browsing. Is are you, is that something you're interested in now? Let, let's role play. I want to see. I want to hear this. So, okay. I am a seller. Go. You call me. Okay. And um, they say, well, if you find a buyer, they say, hey, I, well, I don't have a buyer right now, but if right. you find one, you're more than welcome to show my house. How do you respond? I tell them. You know, I have 1,500 people in my database. I might have somebody for your house, but first, I honestly need to come check it out so I can see it to make sure it might be for them. But also, what do you think is easier? Is it easier for me to find a buyer by just calling people I know or if I actually have your house and I can market and advertise it for you? That or what are your thoughts on this? And tell me, this is the kind of, I've gone okay. a little bit more blunt. I like your approach because it's a softer approach, but my right. approach is, here, here listen, I, I yeah. only, I, I have... We've got five other people who are interested in selling their house right now. Yeah. And five of them are going to sign a contract with me. I'm going to be interested in selling their house before I sell it to somebody who isn't interested in, who hasn't signed a contract right. with us. Right. I tell people, I was like, I honestly tell them like, listen, I, I know what you're saying and I'd love to bring them by. But at the same time, what's, I mean, I'll ask them. I have like, I only say that if I have a real buyer, like I don't just say, let me come check it out because I did that with a for sale by owner. I actually checked it out. I actually brought my client through and they listed yeah. with me because I was the only agent who actually brought the, a client the, through. The expired script that we use, I've told it to you. Yeah. Um, hi, Mr. Seller. This is Ben Bolton over at Keller Williams Community Partners. Uh, I saw your house came off the market. Um, well, you're the fifth agent to call me today. Yeah, and I'm sure they all told you they had a buyer too, but they didn't bring it through when their house was listed the first time. Right. You're exactly right. Don't be. Don't lie. Yeah, don't lie about it. We, and we talked about that. But I honestly tell them, like, listen, I know what you're saying, but if I can actually market and advertise it and still net you the amount of money you want, would that be okay? They'd be like, yeah, if you bring it. I'm like, so you're going to pay me one way or the other. Why not pay me to work for you instead of work against you? Because if I bring a buyer, I'm negotiating against you. Yeah. Why, why are you willing to pay someone 3% to bring your price down and make you pay for more stuff? And to be honest with you, you don't know the contract. They're not working for you. So why not pay me 3% to get you the best price, which on average we get 5 to 6% more than you sell on your own. So you already covered the realtor cost alone and I can make your life easier and usually sell it faster. Yeah. And 70% of people that end up in real estate court are for sale by owners. Yeah, I never use that one. You don't like that one? No, because I don't know the actual, the actual stat number. if it's real true or what it is in Ohio. But all I'm saying, I just tell them that and that's usually what it is. So um, so you got Zillow, you just circle prospecting, got, which is sweet. I, I, I got Zillow, but... Trent, I get a I get a call from Trent and he's yelling at me the other day. I think it was yesterday. No, about I was your experience. I wasn't yelling at you. I was just because so Ben got into Zillow. I was like, good, good for you. You're spending some money. You're trying to grow your business because he has he's leveraged now. He's getting an agent. Um, what's awesome is me and Ben are both kind of getting the same footprint. I got a buyer's agent coming in on Thursday to interview him to get their license, be an agent. I'm looking at hiring an ISA to make some of those phone calls because I know I can't make all those phone calls. So I'm doing that. But so I. I, I told it, I mentioned it before, I have Zillow or I had Zillow, I canceled it yesterday on the spot. 
because the only reason I did it in my area of Germantown was I was trying to get my name out there where I lived, right? So I was like, okay, I got I got Zillow out there. My leads have dropped. And there's a couple of things in this conversation. I'll probably like be all over the place. But one, I realized my percentage went from 150 to 95. I'm like, what the hell happened? So I'm getting less exposure because they decided me, at me, any time they can open up. By that. So I, I paid 450 bucks a month and it got me 100, meaning I was on each listing 1.5 times, meaning there's only two agents instead of the three you'd see. You'd see the listing agent and three other agents if they weren't a premier agent. Um, that's why I did it. So, well, there's multiple reasons why I did it. So I was getting less exposure. I'm like, whatever. I'm still, I plan on canceling in August, no matter what. Less exposure, same cost. Less exposure, same cost. So at any time Zillow can open up the market in your area and your $450 that was worth this amount, a certain amount dropped. It's like the, the US dollar value. It's still a dollar, but anytime they can tell you your 450 bucks is worth less. Like mine was worth a third less than what it was just a month ago. For no reason, just because they decided to. So I was like, well, that's bull crap. I put up two good listings around two hundred at $200,000 in Germantown. I'm like, I'm going to get a shit ton of leads here. Because when I signed up with Zillow, they said, if anyone clicks on your listing in a premier agent, the lead goes to you. Yes. And I, I realized like they're good, been up for 10, 12 days. I'm like, I haven't got a damn call. And these are nice, good looking homes in Germantown, which is a hot mark around $200,000. So I'm like, what is going on? So I get on there and I send my rep when I'm pissed, I'm pissed. I sent him email. I was like, what the fuck? Why am I not getting my leads? Cause I sat in the office, my team leader. I was like, here, call my tip city, click on contact an agent. Cause it has just me on there. It brings up a different agent. I'm like, okay, my listing outside my whatever premier agent. So I had her call the one on Germantown and went to another competitor and I just lost it. I was like burning red. So a guy calls me back after I call him. I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? One, you guys open up my market and don't tell me. Why would you not tell me so I can decide if I want to stay at the top? He's like, well, you were on a wait list and we weren't sure if you wanted to spend more money or not. It's bull crap because the more random people they get in there, the more they can get them by other zip codes. Yes. I get it. Business decision. I get it. But if I was a salesperson and I was like, so my $450 I've been spending for the last six months or four months, whatever, all of a sudden you guys decide it's worth less money. So now instead of 150, I'm 95%. So I'm like only getting... How did I not get those leads on my listings then? If it's a 95% share voice, it's almost statistically impossible for me not to get my own lead. He's like, well, really, it's a 300% share. I'm like, what? I was like, in what world is a pie 300%? It's, it's freaking 100%, right? It's 10 out of 10, 1 out of 1, whatever it is. And he's like, well, and you're also, I was like, then why am I not getting leads on any of my listings? He's like, well, you don't really pay to advertise on your listing. You pay to go on your competitor's listings. I'm like, what? I was like, I was told I get my own leads on the listings if I'm a premier agent. He's like, well, I don't know who told you that, but that's not how that works. I'm like, that's what you guys told me. That's half the reason I did was to be on Germantown just to get my face out there as marketing. The other half was so I get my own leads. So I was like, so you're telling me if I have good listings, the last thing, if I'm a listing agent, last thing you want to do is advertise on Zillow because all I'm getting is leads from shitty other listings. I don't get any leads on my... So basically, if you're a Zillow agent and you're trying to get leads on your own listing, you do not get any leads from your own listing. From your own listings. No, they go to all the yeah. other agents. So Even in a market that you're paying for. In a market I'm paying for. I get, So if you're out there trying to get the best listings, the best houses, it doesn't mean shit if you're advertising on Zillow because you're only going to get advertised on the other houses that yeah. aren't the best ones. It, it's, 
It is, and, I was and there's nothing that pissed. and there's nothing that they can do because in this in this day and age, from what I understand, because again we were, we're we're recent to selling houses, you had to work, you had to network for years to get a, a database, but now I can be a new agent, go spend two thousand dollars right. on Zillow, and do forty transactions a year. Yeah, if your cost is, I mean, let's be real, like I did, I did six deals, made twenty thousand gross commission, like my ROI was okay, my ROI is pretty decent. But it wasn't. I tell you, if I I stayed on for another six months, it was going to drop significantly because it wasn't going to be the same. I wasn't getting the leads on the listings, so, so I can't. How do you get it. leads on your listings? Oh, I I got that all figured out. I got my notebook. You can. I would love. Yeah, Ben's going to try and see my notes, which is cool. I'm telling it on here for the 20 agents that are listening. We've got 10,000 subscribers. 10,000 subscribers, 20 agents. But basically, I I honestly want to pull my listings from Zillow yep. and Trulia. And even realtor.com, and here's why. Out of every Zillow lead I've gotten, one, one has bought the house I showed them. That is less than a 1% chance of that lead from Zillow actually buying your house. So we all know Zillow, the people who are interested better than any other cold lead, really, but it doesn't mean they're interested in your house. They're usually not qualified, they're just browsing at first, and it's the agent's job to get that person and convert them. That agent doesn't care if they buy that one house they looked at. They only care about selling your house. They only they only care about selling a, a house. house. They don't care about selling your house. So if there's any people out there, I would love to get your guys' feedback on this. Um, go to realpursuitpodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us what your thoughts are. I'd love to pull it from Zillow, Trulia, and Realtor. I know everyone's sweating right now, but no one's going to buy your house. No, no one can see it. And I had this conversation like everyone gets obsessed about the views and saves on Zillow. Yep. But to me, there is absolutely positively no correlation to the number of views and saves on your house to your house being sold. If that was the case, I would have 50 offers on all my listings. Are there any like agent-friendly search sites? No, for, like, it's a business. Realtor.com uses OpCity, by the way. So if you call a listing off Realtor.com, it goes to Lead Generator, and they purposely talk you out of talking to the listing agent. You have to ask them like two or three times to talk to a listing agent before they actually transfer you Do over. Do they really? Yeah. Their job is... Wow. Their job is to send it to another agent who they have a contract with that's going to pay them 30 to 35% referral fee. So if you're going to realtor.com... How is that legal? Because they it's a website, just like eBay charges a percentage. I guess we're, I guess I'm in Keller Williams, so it's your listing, your lead. So I'm like, that yeah. sounds so bad. So and Zillow is the same way, and a lot of people want to list. I mean, I've gotten Zillow leads where like, I want the listing agent. I'm like, oh, I can help. I try Like, no, I'm, I want to talk to the listing agent. I'm like, that's fair. I was like, here's the guy. Here's I, the mean, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try and convince you. But I want to pull them all off there because what really matters is the people either represented or call from the sign directly that I can convert. And the reason I care about that is, one, it saves you as a seller from random people coming through your house and wasting your time cleaning the house, getting the kids and dogs out that aren't actually going to buy your house and it's the first time they're even looking. And you don't know if they're qualified because a lot of agents on Zillow will just take a non-qualified buyer. I've done it, so I'm not dogging on anybody. I agree. So imagine if you're a seller and I had that conversation with you. You're probably scared. You're not sure. You don't want to be the guinea pig. But what if I tell you, don't worry, we can capture the information. So if someone's driving around and they pull up to your house and they want to get information, they go Zillow, it's not on there, right? They go to realtor.com with two biggest searches and they're not on there. They're like, what's going on? What are they going to do? They're going to call the number on the sign, which is my personal cell phone number. They're going to go to my website that's on the sign or they're going to go to the quickly lead capture where they can get quick information, which is probably the number one thing they'll do. They put in, they type in that code, 595959, whatever. They'll get the information on the house. I get their information, right? 
And whose house are you interested in selling? Right. I'm interested in selling my seller's house. So imagine if I had that conversation with you as a seller, I'm telling you, the lead comes in, they're calling you about your house. I'm specifically trying to sell your house. And I told that to every listing I've had. I'm like, hey, I'm a premier agent. Any leads that come in on your house, go directly to me. My sole job is to sell you your house. I'm not going to schedule any other homes at that time. It's only your house and I'm going to do everything I can to get them right an offer on it if it's the house they want. I can't make them. But I inadvertently was lying to every single seller I ever had. Yep. Because I was lied to about what actually happened. So I got this whole system about the quickly leads, the the Facebook ads, increasing my ads, I'm averaging less than a dollar per lead. So if I spend a hundred bucks, I get a hundred leads from Facebook, right? And I do the circle prospecting and open houses. I figured out my numbers. I could contact over five thousand people to try and sell one house. Yeah. That is circle prospecting fifty houses around there four times when it gets listed. The open house under contract and sold. Um, I got the mailers going out. That's at least a hundred people. I will do the houses two hundred, so extra one fifty on top of the fifty twice, saying it just got listed, just got sold, that type of thing. And then I got uh, what else was there? Whatever. All the numbers add up to almost fifty five hundred contacts. So I'm like, do you want random people coming through from Zillow who, statistically, from my experience less than a 1% chance of actually buying your house? Or do you want me to actively market, put my money towards stuff and actually get real people who are qualified from the MLS working with agents already that I can reverse prospect them and reach out to the agent and hey, why haven't you brought your client through? Your client liked the house, your client favored the house because we know our job is to do the other agent's job. And if we have a house, if we have a listing that goes out to the MLS and it gets sent out, we know that everybody that's coming through that house yeah. is a real buyer. Working and with most, real and 99% of the time, they're actually qualified because most agents are smart enough now not to just show people houses that can't buy. Versus the first call yeah. and they go to a premier agent who hasn't pre-qualified them, who hasn't done the pre-approval because they just want to win the appointment. Right. Right. The first thing you want to do is win the appointment. Then they get through the door and find out that they're not uh, they're, they're not real buyers. And guess what? You just spent an hour cleaning your house. You got the dogs packed up. And kids. And kids. Which we're both experiencing now. Like, get, get my kids and my kid out and my dogs. It's like, more stressful to you. Dude, so we know I, I every, can relate. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I talked you, you, now you're, I mean, you're talking to me, we're, we're script practicing together and it's, right. I, I'm buying in what you're saying. It says, Hey, listen, Mr. And Mrs. Seller, we can go have 20 showings on your house in the first day. And we can do that if we put it on Zillow. Yeah. Or well, we can have wrong, 10. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> right. Because we will have 10, say we have 10, we have 20 showings. 10 of them right. came off of Zillow to premier agents. Yep. Right. Or we can have 10 and we know that all 10 of those are working with real agents yep. who are pre-qualified. What do you want to do? Do you want to get out of your house 20 times or do you want to know that the 10 people that are coming through aren't tire kickers because exactly. they're not wasting their agent's time and the agent's not wasting their time with them. Right. And we know that anyone who's set up with an agent gets an instant alert from the MLS, which is way faster than Zillow. Zillow takes up to 24 to 48 hours update anyways. That's why people are calling about houses that are already pending but here, or sold. Here's my worry is... yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect. No, I mean, it's not I, a perfect system. It has to be like, so, this is something I'm working right now. I'm not doing it right now because it'd be a detriment to my sellers yes. and it's just an emotional decision. It's like, I'm still building the process of what can I do? How can I actually solidify this? I'm tempted to go buy a house, flip it and not put it on Zillow, and not see. put it on Realtor and then be my own guinea. Like, so how about, I won't say guinea pig, but I think it is better for the seller because just like what you said, you said it perfect is like, do you want 20 people coming through your house or do you want the five or 10 who are actually going to write an offer that's qualified? Because yeah. that's what you got us here for is to get qualified people. Because if if you're a for sale by owner, like who I prospect, you're tired of people calling to ask if you rent to own or they're not actually able to qualify for the house. Yeah. 
So why not do that? But then devil's advocate is now you're playing. Now you are assuming that every agent is setting their buyer up on a portal. Yeah, they are. Not every agent sets their buyer up on a portal. Well, then I mean, there are bad agents out there. Let's be real. Because those people in this market, they're not getting the house in time and they're not moving fast. No one wants to deal with that agent. As a seller, you don't because they don't know what they're doing. It's going to be a problem headache and they might ruin the deal. And you're right. But I would I would bet 90%, 95% people set them up on a portal because why wouldn't you? You think it's 95%? You think it's that high? Yes, it has to be. And sellers, it seems like, don't love the multiple offer situation. No, they will take the best one offer. I I, I, I tell my buyers the same thing. We talked about that. Just submit your best offer. No escalation clause because what's stopping John Smith from saying, hey, write an offer so we can get this up another $5,000 to their friend at bogus offer. I, I have and you a, have no proof. I have a question for other agents, and maybe yeah. maybe I'm the bad agent for not doing this. Probably. But I've got, I mean, we have a house that it, we just put it on the market. We had, I mean, showings booked for yep. the first 48 hours. I mean, booked. You couldn't get in. Okay. The first offer we get in is $5,000 under ask with $5,000 in closing cost. Why would that agent write that offer? Knowing that in this market, we're going into a multiple offer situation. Because from the seller's standpoint, it's 10000 less. From the seller's standpoint, it's $10,000 yes. less. And you're writing a $10,000 less offer in a seller's market. Why? why? Am I, I, mean, am I missing something hours, in the yeah. first 48 hours? Am I Not missing really, something? No. Right, because if I, if, if I am showing a buyer, I tell all of our buyers, hey, be prepared to write over ask. Yeah, you, I prep them. I do the same thing. I feel like I'm, I, I, I was looking at that offer. I was like, am I, am I a bad agent by doing this? Or, am I, or is that agent bad for not telling their clients, hey, you can't negotiate right now. Sorry. I had, I had someone wanting to write an offer. Luckily, the agent was cool. She called me. She's like, hey, they want to write an offer, but it's, it's low. I'm like, how low? She's like, pretty low. I was like, should I even? I was like, I got three offers right now. There are sitting pretty. I mean, yeah. asking, no closing costs, over asking of closing costs, one escalating up to over 10000 at list. And I yeah. I thought list price was already five to 10000 overpriced. Yeah. Um, it's one that backed out and we're going to list it later. But I was like, I was like, I said 175 for that house. They bought it two years ago for like 126 Yeah. I'm like, and they're walking. I was like, you guys are prime selling. We're going we're gonna to net you for $50,000 yeah. in two years. In two years. In two years. And they've done some updates, but I mean, it's not like they spent 30 grand on it. They spent yeah. cosmetic type stuff, some paint and things like that. I was like, you guys are taking a risk. I understand it's not right time, but I don't know, man. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know if it's a bad agent. Maybe they just don't think it's worth that much. And they might be right. I had one, and maybe I shared the story that it came in $35,000 off of list price within the first 24 hours. Yeah. And I texted them, hey, do your clients want to buy the house? <laughs> Like, what are you doing? Or are they just appeasing you to write an offer? Like, where, where's your brain at? So what else are you doing? Zillow? So we're doing, obviously, the expires Circle and prospecting. Terminates. I think everybody knows that, that that's what right. we do. But you're going more towards Cincinnati, too. Yeah. Um, Which I think, see. Our buyer's agent. That makes sense. One of, the, we're bringing two buyer's agents on. One's in Dayton. One's in Cincinnati. Um, and, yeah. Two? Yeah, we're bringing two on. I know the one. Who's the other? Uh, somebody else. I know. I'll mute you. Ready? That's Set, fine. Go. What? Yeah. Uh.
He's trying to torpedo his marriage. I know. <laughs> ben, you're like the seller who's like turning down every offer. If you don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Ladies so, and gentlemen, when it happens, we're going to drop it. I'm laughing my ass off inside. I'm like, this could go so wrong in so many ways. It could go so right as well. Um, but it. so we've got buyer's agent coming in Cincinnati and Dayton. <laughs> I know that um, I love it, dude. I, I fucking lo- I love it. Yeah, so we're spending a lot of money going down to Cincinnati, um, trying to pick up more leads down there, because I know I can get leads in Dayton. Um, but how are you? How are you? Besides Zill, because your Zill leads aren't in Cincinnati. They're middle, middle. Town. yeah, middle Cincinnati. Mm. I mean, <laughs> in the book, uh, in so the big hill. If you've read the book Hillbilly Elegy, <laughs> is it Elegy or Eulogy? Eulogy, Eulogy, Hillbilly Eulogy. That's where we bought leads. Because it's the only place that was open, huh? It's the only place that was open. So you're kind of sort of expanding down that way, but that's because where he's at. Is that something you want to do or did you just take it because that's... No, I want to do it. it's your brother-in-law, so did you just... I mean, I want to go that way too, but obviously it's not the right time. I had a guy call me up last year and wanted me to like work with me, be on my team. I'm like... Unfortunately... Uh, unfor- I don't think that's the right choice. Unfortunately, <laughs> I want I want to head down... Um, I, w- I, I do want to head down to Cincinnati. I don't think me calling in Hyde Park is the right move. So I think I need to start yeah. building clout. I mean, think about when, when no, I, I, get first, it. I, when get I first it. got my license, yeah. I was selling, you know, $50,000 houses. And I get what Ben's saying is he doesn't want to just start calling in Hyde Park because he doesn't quite know Hyde Park. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't know deep Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati has, Dude, there's a lot of little, there's a, there's a lot of niches in yeah. certain, uh, it, that's the, that's the difference with Dayton and Cincinnati. Dayton is very suburb oriented. Yeah. It's right? easy. They're, it, they're it's, neighborhoods. They're neighborhoods. Very neighborhood and it, clicky it, in a way. It's very so different. One school yeah. district is 10 neighborhoods. So if you don't, you gotta know it. You, you have to know it. And if you don't, you're not doing your buyers a good service. Cause th- in my opinion, <sighs> I yes think no. I, I think that yes if you're no. an agent, if you're an agent selling in a specific area, you have to be knowledgeable knowledgeable about it. But let's be real, we can all pull data up. Like if you're trying to sell a house, anyone can sell a house. I could sell a house in New Jersey. I could sell a house in California. I yes. could sell a house in Florida. Now, would it take some time to, if you're in a specific area, know specifics about what's unique like about the that? Nuances, the nuances of it. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not talking just an online $500 listed. I'm talking about actually marketing, selling it. And doing it because it doesn't let's be honest you could spend a week research that area get that million dollar house listed and you could work it very well and sell it the only thing is you got to know the intricacy about but you have state. no yeah. leverage right now right and no, since, i have I, no i have that's true 100%. i sold three houses in cincinnati like deep ben, in cincinnati. ben takes listings over an hour away and then drives up there to go sell a seventy five thousand dollar house i'll sell it wherever me i think about business wise i just went over my PL. i am over 61 percent profitable which oh. is 21%. The point being is I mitigate. Cause if, I mean, if you're rolling it nitty gritty, put in your fuel costs, but anyways, let's go back. So Hyde part, you're, you want someone down in Cincinnati. I want someone down in Cincinnati because right. in Dayton, I mean, you're breaking the mold with how you're I, doing. I, it. I see. I am. I see a yeah. lot of, I see a lot of people that I know buying in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, and they don't know that I'm in Cincinnati. You know what? Yeah, I mean? Cause it's weird. It's weird. So we we're now if people understand we're like that Minesburg spring where we're south. We're south enough that Cincinnati is a 30 minute drive. It's a 30 minute drive. Even. And we drive 30 minutes to Beaver Creek. Yes. But yeah, people don't know that. So I want to start, I want to start breaking into Cincinnati just because it is, I do have a lot of connections down there. So I want them to understand, right. Hey, I do sell houses here. Um, but Dayton is my, is my main area. Now I'm not, 
Yeah. So it, it makes sense to be in Cincinnati because I'm leaving a lot of business on the table. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I got two referrals down in Cincinnati area. One people were like, oh, we don't want you to have to drive all this way. <laughs> it's yeah. the most awkward thing ever. I'm like, listen, it's 40 minutes. It's not a big deal. And I can get to, you the information. I can, I can work the... Those LA agents drive two hours. But two hours takes them two miles. Hey, well, it doesn't matter. It's still, yeah, it's in still, New York, same way. It's like small. It just takes forever. But that's, I mean, that's interesting. So you got a second buyer. You, uh, I, yeah. I love how we're doing this because... I'm looking at bringing a buyer's agent on it. It's not going to be completely full time, which I'm okay with. The reason and I would, I the reason I'm going ISA out, the reason on. I'm going out and of model buyers is we've got an ISA, not an ISA. We've got an That's, admin, yeah, an admin. and we've got two buyer's agents. And the reason I'm going out of model, right? I would never, right. I would never go this deep out of model. You're deep. If I didn't have total trust in the people that are coming on, I'm not, I'm not going out there and, and putting out Facebook. Hey, need buyer's agents, and then I tell them everything. And then right. they go out. I, I trust I, these two people. I know, but <laughs> I'm not trying to. I would be, I'm very, I like to do business. It's weird. We talk, I like to do business with people I don't know. Yeah. Ben's all in, doing his entire business is involving everyone he knows. I, I, I am, I like, don't trust a lot of people. Right. So yeah, I don't want to go that. and teach somebody I don't know how to call call expires and all of our scripts. And then guess what? I just but gave guess them. guess what? If you go back to providing 8% of the leads, then you don't have to worry about it. I, you can. If you have that kind of. You have, all right. So if you, I, do, there look, are, if you do group how the many, career vision. How many, how many buyer's agents have you seen go into this office and, and then leave. walk right out? Even if they were I getting know. 80%. No, but no one here. I know for a fact that no one here is probably providing them 80% and the leverage on the support side, the admin. There's one team here that does awesome on the admin side, right? And then I don't know anyone else who's really like providing. I haven't gotten detail of the ton, so I don't want to say like no one here is, but I haven't heard where someone's like, well, he gives me all the leads and they give me all the admin support. Why would I go anywhere else? Why would I go anywhere else? And so when I... That's what I'm trying to create. Eventually, I would like to create that. But at the beginning, you got it, man. I'm going to have the people that I trust that aren't going to leave me. Now, if, oh, if the two people, yeah. if the three people that are coming onto this team leave me, I am in a real bad situation. What if they just don't, what if real estate just doesn't work for them? Then that's fine. But the, I, I know for a fact, one, I, I know that they are not, I know these people very well and I know that they are I not know. people to quit. They're like, you married into them. I know. I love them very much. <laughs> And, and, and even if they, I'm just, I go with the fact that like, I don't like to mix business and family. I don't mind it because there's, what are you gonna do? Yell at someone? Yes. What if you have to fire them? Again, if I have to fire them, that's going to be an issue. But I, but yeah, I, I, you have to leave it on the table because if they know you're not going to fire them, the conversation that we've had is, Hey, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just, to me, when just, we're, when ugh, we're, when man. we're selling houses, it is a totally different conversation. Right, you're not so and so and so and so to me. The second that we're out of it, we can scream and yell at each other. I'm not easy to work with, Trent. We all know that. So I didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> so they're probably going to be upset with me at times. But if we can, if we can rip each other apart, share our differences, and then when we go right. home, where we go home, I'm okay with doing that. I, I can split the two. I honestly, for your sake, I hope that's how that works out. I really do too. Trent. I hope they do. I really. I have a lot of anxiety about it and I'm wearing a really cool hat right now, but I've got a lot of anxiety about it. Well, maybe that will actually push you to, uh, maybe I'll push you to do good. Yeah. Maybe it'll push you to be better. You never That's know. kind of my thought is that if I've got these two people watching who I very much care about and I sit around on my thumb 
and do nothing. Yeah, but you won't do that. But I mean, it'll be interesting. Hopefully, things they want to go somewhere else and do something different. Then it's all good. But I just don't feel that that's. A, I man, I hope it goes well. It's just interesting. I hope it goes well for you too, Trent. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I fucked that one up, didn't I? Yeah, I hope it goes really well for you too. <laughs> I just think it's it's I hope the buyer's agent that you have doesn't have like severe like emotional issues and like comes in and like starts crying to you. I hope that for you. Because you don't you don't know this person. Trent, you if don't you guys know, can't tell they're very sorry. He's being very sarcastic. You don't know their nuances, and that's something I worry about for you. Like what happens if this person is an axe murderer at night? And you don't know that, but then hey, all of a sudden you I brought this you, person hey, on. You, you know what is weird? The buyer agent that I tested, I tested her to be like the admin just didn't quite work out. She was a previous client. So I don't like that. I mean, I'm kind of nervous about that. Like what happens if this doesn't work out? Then you just fired a previous client. How's that yeah, look? You just fired somebody who sent you referrals. Potentially, yeah. I'm right. with you. There's it's never, never going to be perfect situation. Hey, bro. We just go about two different ways like we always right? do. Because imagine, yeah. so imagine, imagine, imagine if she is an axe murderer and then it finds out local mm. real estate agent on the bargage team her husband works for the DA, so I'm not worried about her being an axe murderer. Have you seen uh, House of Cards? <laughs> yeah, I have. Defense attorney? No, that's billions. Okay, so you're hiring on, which is awesome. You're leveraging out. Yes. You got leads coming in. Anything else? Consistency. Okay. I'm with you. What we you? talked about that a million times. We're trying to, like, I think two podcasts ago, we said we're going call each other out on uh we've done that twice so now uh, we need to hold each other consistent <laughs> on our holding each other consistent <laughs> that's worked out so well yeah that's awesome man i think that will go well for you <laughs> i'm intrigued let me know about the zillow stuff because i kind of scared ben a little bit because we were both underneath the same assumption that's when yeah. i lost my shit on zillow so if you guys have zillow call them out on it um yeah. and if you're a listing agent i don't if you're if you're focusing on listings I firmly believe you don't need Zillow because it's not doing what you need. Yeah. I think you should go elsewhere with it. But if you're trying to provide leads for your agents, I think that makes complete sense. I would agree. All right. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Real Pursuit on Instagram. You can hit us up on the email. Let me know about taking Zillow, listings off Zillow. Um, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, and fingers crossed your buyer's agent isn't a murderer. <laughs>